Happy Sunday, Life Center. So glad that you're with us today. And this weekend is a significant weekend in our nation. On Friday, we took time to honor our veterans. And I just want to ask for all of the men and women who have served in the armed forces, if you're here today, would you stand to your feet? Because we want to show you some, some honor today. Life Center, would you put your hands together as we honor those who have served? Thank you. Thank you so much for your service to this nation. You know, living close to the Joint Base, obviously we have many families who have been involved with the armed forces here at Life Center, and and we want to take a moment just to recognize and say thank you for your service in our nation. Hey, today we begin a brand new series that we have entitled, What the World Needs Now. The moment that I say that, how many of you, you have this little trombone that begins to play in the back of your mind? Dun, 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 dun. Right, many of us, maybe we recognize that song, we've heard that song. And we're gonna take the next number of weeks as we journey towards the end of the year, and we're going to lean into this idea of love. Can you say love? Now, I know when, when you hear that today, you might be going, Tyler, wait, it's not, it's not February, it's not Valentine's, but think about it for a moment. What the world needs now is love. Think about it. Our nation needs it. Our families need it. Our workplaces need it. Our city, come on, our city needs love. But the question is, how? And what does that even mean? And what, and what does that even mean? look like? Come on, this last week, we, we walked through midterm elections. How many know what our world needs now is love? Why? Because there's a whole nother election cycle coming in front of us. And in a divided nation, we got to learn how to express the love of God. How, how many of you recognize in a couple of weeks, you're going to be sitting around a table with family that maybe you haven't seen in a while? Guess what you need? You, you need love. Because there's going to be tension. I know some of you, you've been mentally preparing like Thanksgiving's coming. I got to get ready. They're going to be sitting at the table with me again. What the world needs now is love. Consider the words of Jesus in, in John chapter 13. Look with me. John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus says this, I give you a new Command. Can you say command? Notice Jesus doesn't say, I have a suggestion for you. If if it's convenient, if it works for your personality, he, he doesn't say that. And if I'm honest, there's been far too many times in my life where I've treated the commands of Jesus like the suggestions of Jesus. He says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Can you say those three words with me? Love one another another. Now, it would be really nice if Jesus just stopped there. Why? Because we would be able to take those three words and define them however we want. Okay, love one another. I'll I'll love them as I see fit. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to give clarity. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Today, as we begin this 
series, I've titled today's message, The Better Way. The Better Way. How many times in your life have you found yourself either thinking or even saying out loud, there's got to be a better way? There's got to be a better way. I think so many in our world, in our culture, Right now in politics, in economics, there's so many people who, who find themselves thinking or saying, there's got to be a better way. Something happens this time every year in our household. It's been going on now for almost 20 years. And that is my wife and my daughter will approach me and they'll say, Dad, don't you, don't you think it's time to put up the lights outside? Now, what's interesting about this scenario, every single year, it's like they wait until the rainy season shows up. And it always happens after the weather's gotten colder, it's darker earlier, and that's when the conversation, specifically from my daughter, comes up. This happened just the other day. She walks up to me, she says, Dad, don't you think it's time to put the Christmas lights up outside? And for years now, as I'm out in the rain, with a staple gun, I'm trying to detangle these lights. I'm, I'm beginning to go up the corner bats and along each gable and along each peak. I'm up on a ladder in the pouring down rain, cold November, and I'm finding myself saying this over and over and over again. There's got to be a better way. Come on, how many of you can recognize that when it comes to Christmas? There's got to be a better way. And so for years, I've made this my prayer and my supplication. God, there's got to be a better way. But year after year, I see those big eyes. Dad, don't you think it's time to put up the Christmas lights? And there I am, hanging from the gutter, slipping off the ladder, about to break my neck, stapling things into the facial board. There's got to be a better way. Well, the other year, I was walking through Home Depot, and you ever have one of those moments where you just, the heavens part, and it's like, the Lord has answered my prayers? I'm walking through Home Depot, and I come across the world's greatest invention. And and I realize, because this particular year, my daughter hasn't even yet asked me to put up the lights. I get home from Home Depot and I'm like, ladies, today I'm putting the lights up. And they're like, you are? I'm like, oh yeah, because I love you. <laughs> I care about you. <clears throat> and so what used to take me hours, risking my life, I now have two extension cords. I walk out to the front yard. I plug this thing in. And boom. Boom. <laughs> it was much more impressive in our first gathering, I promise you that. There we go. There we go. Look at that. And, and what I loved, listen, what used to take me hours, I was done in 10 minutes. Two extension cords, a couple things in the front lawn, 
And it's not just a, a strand of lights. Friends, there's thousands of beautiful lights on the side of our house. And I call the girls outside and I'm like, hey, check it out, check it out. And, and they look You ever met somebody who's completely underwhelmed? <laughs> and my daughter looks at me, she goes, that's great, when are you gonna put the lights up? And I'm like, no, I'm done. No ladders, no rain. I mean, it, there is a better way. I figured out the better way. My daughter came up to me the other week. She goes, dad, you're gonna put the real lights up this year, aren't you? You see, it's interesting how many times we find ourselves in life, we, we long for a better way. We're looking for a better way. And we're going to spend a number of weeks looking at a letter that was written to a group of Jesus followers in a port city called Corinth. And Paul is writing some direction and some correction to them as the Holy Spirit leads his words. But one of the things that Paul is going to bring in his instruction is this idea that there's a better way. There's a better way for them, and here's what I believe with all of my heart, there's, there's a better way for us. Tyler, what do you mean by that? Well, as we begin this series, I, I want us to begin with this idea. What the world needs now is a church that will love well. What the world needs now it's not just a, a church that, that makes a lot of noise, not just a church that, that kind of does some things that are good, but I think what the world needs now is a church that will love well. And I know some of us, maybe we hear that statement and it, it feels a little bit like it misses the target. Really, Tyler, that's what you think the world needs? But again, consider the words of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 24 as he's warning his disciples and kind of making them aware of the dynamics that humanity is going to experience in the end times. Jesus says this, Matthew 24, verse 12, because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow what? Cold. The love of many We'll grow cold. I don't know about you, but, but as I look around, it, it seems to me like the love of many is, is growing cold. Maybe you've experienced this in, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family. I look around our world and it, it appears like the love of many is growing cold. This is why I think the vision that God has given us as Life Center is so incredibly important. We want to be a church that will reach wide. We, we want to reach those who don't yet know Jesus. We want to build strong lives in following Jesus. We want to make disciples who know how to make disciples. But guess what? If we execute those first two and fail at the third part of our vision, we failed. And what is that? The third part of our vision is that we would be a church that loves well, that loves well, loves our city well, loves our communities well, loves image bearers well. You see, the church, and when I say church, I'm not just talking about a building, I'm not just talking about a program, I'm talking about people. The church, we are called to bring that kind of love, a Jesus kind of love, to a world 
that's growing cold. So consider for a moment, what would our world look like if Christians acted and loved a little bit more like Jesus? I think our world would be a better place. Make that personal for a second. What would your world look like if you acted and loved a little bit more like Jesus? What would your workplace look like? What would your family look like? What would your cul-de-sac or your apartment complex look like if we, if we just acted and loved a little bit more like Jesus? But this is where the words that we use matter and being clear about what it is that we're talking about matters. Because how many know in our English language, some of us in the room, we love Doritos. Come on, where are my Doritos people at? And those same people that you love Doritos, you also love your grandmother. The, the same word, right? We, we have a, a unique dynamic in this English language because we love Jesus and we love the Seahawks. Some of us do. We, we love Jesus, and we love sunny days. But understand, in, in Scripture, this, this book is an ancient book. It wasn't written in our language. It was, it was written to groups of people. Now, the good news is it's written for us, but originally, as we look at, at the letter of 1 Corinthians, it wasn't originally written to us in Tacoma. It's written for us today. But the language that, especially the New Testament was written in, it was written in the Greek language. In the Greek language, they had multiple words to express the idea of love. One of the words was the word eros, which was a romantic love. Another word was phileo, which was a brotherly love. This is where we get the city name Philadelphia, phileo love. But one of the words that was unique to the New Testament and actually finds its definition because of Scripture is the idea of agape love. Can you say agape? There you go. You just learned some Greek today. Agape love. And here's what agape love means. It is a self-sacrificing, others-oriented love. In other words, agape love doesn't first start with what I can get or what I need. Agape love is self-sacrificing. It's others-oriented. It looks at the other individual and says, what is it that you need? How can I make a difference in that? And again, I want to remind us, in John 13, where we started today, this is the commandment that Jesus gives us, to agape one another as I've agaped you. Can you recognize today that the love of Jesus towards us it was self-sacrificing, amen? It was others-oriented. He, he did not do what he did for his benefit. He did it for our benefit. And when I think about what our world needs most, it's that kind of love. It's a God type of love. It's a Jesus type of love. Something we have to come face to face with is this truth. To extend God's love, we must experience it. In order for us to actually extend agape love, guess what? We, we need to first receive it, experience it. See, don't get this confused. The, these next number of weeks is not just kind of this call, this charge. Try a little bit harder to be a little bit more loving. 
work harder around the Thanksgiving table to, to don't say what you actually want to say. That's, that's not the call. No, the call is this. Imagine that as life center, we experience in a fresh way the love of God. And it, it's like a fresh revelation that transforms us to the point that the way that we show love is transformed because we ourselves have experienced it. See, we cannot give what we do not have. And it's not just something we're called to know about. A lot of us, we, we could quote some scriptures about love. Some of us, we, we memorize John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. We, we know the scriptures, but it's not just a knowledge we are called to possess. It's actually a characteristic that we are called to embody. And I recognize I can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. See, that's why we got to go back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, where we are reminded we love how? Because he first loved us. So again, let's not get this mixed up. This isn't a call or a charge to say, hey, try harder to be more loving. Hey, do better at loving other people. No, this is a moment where we say, God, would you open up my eyes to see how you have loved me in a fresh way so that I can extend that because I believe that is what our world needs now. See, as we look to 1 Corinthians today, and if you have your Bibles, would you grab them? Go with me to the very end of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're new to scripture, it's in the New Testament. If you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, keep going to the right. If you hit some of the smaller letters, take a left and go back. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and here's where we're going to lean in because over the next few weeks, I, I want us to consider how do we experience this kind of love so that we can be the type of people who express or extend this type of love. One of the things to know about the church, these Jesus followers in this port city in Greece is that they loved Jesus and they loved spiritual gifts. I mean, you want to talk about a crazy church service? These people were having crazy church services. But the problem that Paul is addressing is the fact that they had lost sight of the way that they were called to walk these giftings out. In other words, they had all of this expression, but they were missing an embodying characteristic that was critical. Paul says this at the very end of chapter 12. Look at verse 31. He says, but desire, can you say desire? But desire the greater gifts. See, Paul wasn't saying, hey, the spiritual gifts, don't worry about those. We need to understand we are called to desire the gifts of the Spirit working in us and through us. In fact, later on, Paul's gonna say, this is how the body of Christ is built up. God gives gifts to each one of us as he designs. So Paul is teaching, hey, desire the gifts, but then he says this, and I will show you an even better way. Now I want us to look to chapter 13, the very next word, and many of us, we're gonna recognize these words because if you've ever been to a wedding, chances are pretty strong you've heard these words read. But again, they're in the context of how the church is functioning. If I speak in human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Man, that's a big statement. Think about it. Today, after this gathering is dismissed, imagine for a moment you walk out into the parking lot, you say to your friends that you showed up at church with, hey, see Mount Rainier? Watch this. Boom. You would be on the news tonight. I mean, amazing. And and here's what Paul's getting at. Even if you had faith to move mountains, but you don't have love, guess what? You're nothing. It goes on. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body to the flames in order to boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Nothing. You see, the the followers of Jesus in Corinth, they've lost sight of something important. The gifts weren't just for themselves. The gifts were actually to build others up. And the same applies to us. That salvation that you experienced, yes, it it saved you, but understand, it's meant to also pour out into the lives of others around us. The gifts that God has given, they don't just build us up, they are designed to build others up. The church at Corinth, they loved the loud, they loved the powerful, and they loved the dramatic. That is one of the things that they they just charged towards. They they wanted to see greatness. They were amazed by greatness. They loved the moving of the Spirit. They, They loved Jesus, but they lacked the characteristic that Jesus said his followers would embody, which was love. See, as much as it was true for them, it's it's true for us. Because for those of us who are followers of Jesus, how many of us can recognize it's, it's possible to do things for Jesus and even with Jesus and yet sometimes lack the characteristic that he wants our lives to embody? It's possible to be engaged in, in the work and yet lack love. It's possible to show up out of obligation and, and lack love. It's possible to, to just tolerate people who are in the body of Christ and not actually love them. And something happens when we settle for a life that is lacking love. You see, Paul says that we can speak with all the right words and, and have all of these great speeches and, and do all the right things. But when we lack love, it's just It's just noise. It's just noise. You know what I I think this represents a lot of times for the church right now? I think the capital C, the the big C church, a lot of times we settle for shouting matches instead of just loving like Jesus loves. We're so busy like yelling at culture, yelling at society, and yet Jesus says we are called to embody his love. Shouting matches, sometimes it's, it's just a show of strength, man. We, we want to see the powerful things. We, we want the prophecy. We want moving of mountains by faith. And yet, if we lack love, you, you settle for a show of power that actually is void of the very thing that God desires. Even shows of surrender. 
works of incredible sacrifice. If, if we're doing the sacrifice but we're lacking love, we, we're missing the point. You see, love, it should be the distinguishing mark of the life of a follower of Jesus. So can I ask, what, what is it that you're known by? If people were to say, you know, you know what I really appreciate about that person? It's, it's the way that they love. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's, that's one of the key characteristics. In fact, Paul later on in the book of Galatians, he's going to say that the, the evidence that the Spirit is actually working in our lives, the first characteristic he lists is love. It's love. But here's what I know. This, this requires us to embrace a better way. And what is the better way? Well, the better way is better because it's Jesus' way. The Jesus' way of living and, and serving. You see, when we embrace the better way, the Jesus' way, here's what happens. I, I want to talk about a few characteristics that I see in those first three verses in 1 Corinthians 13. Look, look with me at verse 1 again. Paul says this, If I speak in human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. When we lack love, all we have is noise. But when we actually embody love, here's the good news. The sound of our love, what does it do? It draws people in. The sound of our love, it's designed to draw people in. And so let me ask, are, are people drawn to you or are they repelled by you? Life center, are, are people drawn to us or are they repelled by us? You see, without love, here's what happens in our lives. It's a very expensive it's, it's, it looks like a nice one. See, without love, all of our great speaking, all of our eloquent speeches, listen, all of your convincing arguments on Facebook... Imagine if I did that for the next 20 minutes. How many of you would still be sitting here? And yet so often, as the church, as followers of Jesus, here's what our faith sounds like to the world around us. Come to church. Why? Because you have issues. You need to get your act together. Here's the deal. It doesn't mean that the world around us doesn't need truth. But understand, all of the truth without love sounds like this. Some of us, we need to be careful. Why? Because in a couple of weeks, we're going to be sitting around a dinner table at Thanksgiving, and, and we are going to want to light some people. We've been waiting a year. <laughs> oh, I'll give you some truth. How many know if every single week, this was Life Center's strategy to reach the world? Hey, Come to my church, man. You won't believe this. You won't believe it. What, well, what do you do? Tell me about it. Man, we all walk into this room, and there's cameras, and there's lights, and then 
everybody in the room, they grab a symbol. And then we, we spend like an hour, sometimes when God really moves, it's like an hour and five minutes, and we just do this. What does, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> to that point, how many people in the world are waiting for us just to stop? How many people in our world are waiting to simply exhale and say, thank you because of the love that we extend? See, does, does our love draw people in or are we pushing people away? Let me ask it a different way. Do, do we have noise or do we have love? They're not the same. I believe the sound of our love, it's designed to draw people in. But notice, notice the second verse here. Look at verse two. Paul says this, if I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Come on, how many of you would love to just be able to discern, have prophetic insight? Man, just, just be able to know what God is doing in this moment. And he goes on, he says, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. See, what we need to understand is, yes, the sound of our love is designed to draw people in, but also understand this. The strength of our love is designed to lift people up. Sometimes we focus so much on, on strength. I want the power of God moving in my life. I want the strength of God moving in my life. And there's nothing wrong with praying that. But, but if God answered that prayer and you still lacked love, Scripture says this, we're nothing. Are people lifted up because of our presence? Or are we busy stepping on people? Are we busy elevating ourselves, using others to, to kind of get ourselves ahead? See, the gift of salvation and the gifts of the Spirit are not designed just to lift ourselves up. It's designed to work in us and work through us to help lift others up. So thankful that the book of Psalms says this, that, that though we were stuck in the muck and the mire, God lifted us up out of the mud and set our feet on a rock. It was the strength of his love and the strength of his salvation that lifted us up of where we were and he put us in a new place. And Life Center, we exist in a city. We exist in Pierce County, not just for ourselves, but to help lift others up out of the places that they are at, that they could experience the goodness and the kindness of God. The strength of our love, it lifts others up. But then look at his final thought here in verse three. It says this, and if I give away all my possessions, man, that's, that's surrender, that's sacrifice. And if I give over my body in order to boast, literally giving over my body to the flames to be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So the third thing about our love is this, that the sacrifice of our love should reflect Jesus. The sacrifice of our love should, should reflect Jesus. If we are going to love with an agape kind of love, guess what? It's going to take some sacrifice. Why? 
Because agape love is self-sacrificing. It's others-oriented. It's not about what I can get. It's actually about what can I give in this moment? How can I reflect the goodness and the kindness of God in and through this moment? Imagine our love collectively as Life Center being so powerful and potent that it leaves only one conclusion. Jesus must be real. I don't know about you, I wanna live my life that type of way. Where the way that I live, the way that I love, the way that I serve, the, the only reasonable response is people are going, man, Jesus must be real. It doesn't make sense why they would do that any other way except that this, this Jesus, he must be, he must be real. Jesus not only invites us, he, he commands us to love like he loves. Again, what do we mean by that love? Well, it's that, that self-sacrificing. It's others-oriented. It's, it's agape. Consider these words from Paul Tripp. He wrote a great devotional called New Morning Mercies. I'd encourage you to check it out if you haven't. He said this. Here's the plan. A God of grace makes his invisible grace visible. How? By sending his people of grace to reflect his grace to people who need grace. He goes on to say this, you have been called to be the look on his face, the tone of his voice, the touch of his hands. That sentence is too good not to repeat. Let me, let me say that again. You have been called to be the look on his face. So can I ask, when people see you, do they see Jesus? Or do they see this? Scowling, grumpy, frustrated. Do we, do we reflect the look of Jesus? Do we reflect the face of Jesus to the world around us? Uh, what about the tone of our voice? And I'm not just talking about your physical voice. C come on, some of us, we need to change the tone of our voice. touch of his hand. You are to represent his presence and his love. You are placed where you are to make his mercy and his faithfulness visible and concrete. But again, if we hear this and go, okay, well, Tyler said, I just, I got to try harder to be more loving. <laughs> just stop. Stop. It's not going to happen. Friends, some of us, we need a revelation of the love of God in our hearts today. We need his love to become real to us. Why? So that it will transform us, so that it becomes second nature in the way that we live, in the way that we demonstrate, in the way that we embody the love of God to a world around us. Eugene Peterson, a number of years ago, he took the Bible and he paraphrased it. It's called the message. And Listen to how he paraphrased verse three at the end in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. He says this. He says, so no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Life Center, we can say all the right things. We can believe all the right things. We could even do all the right things. 
But if we are saying, believing, and doing, and we are lacking love, guess what? We're bankrupt. We're bankrupt. What the world needs now is love. Authentic love. Agape love. The type of love that God wants to pour out in us so that he can pour through us. And again, this is the goal. This is our starting point. We cannot give what we do not have. And so today, some of us, we, we just need to pause and say, God, would you put a fresh deposit of your love in my life? Would you give me a fresh revelation, Jesus, of, of how much you love me? Let your agape love transform me and, and not just transform me, but work through me in my relationships with my family, with my coworkers, with my neighbors, with, with the community at large. God, would you, would you work in me so that you can work through me? Again, we cannot do this without him. We love because he first loved us. So that's the starting point. We, we gotta receive that love. Can I invite you to bow your heads across this room for a moment? I have us bow our heads just because I want us each individually to, to reflect, to consider, to give some margin for the Spirit to speak to us this morning. Some of us today, we, we need to make a courageous decision to put our trust, not in ourselves, not in our abilities. We need to make the decision to put our trust in Jesus. See, our only way to experience this love from God is not trying to work for it or earn it or fix our way to, to receive it. The only way to receive this love from God is by putting our trust in what Jesus has already done for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Today, some of us, we, we need to make that decision. Some of us here today, we wanna know that our debt is paid, that we have a fresh start, a new relationship with God through what Jesus has done for us. Today, if that's your desire, can I ask you to do this? Would you just lift a hand for a moment and say, yeah, that's me, Tyler. Would, would you pray for me today? Because I want to know that my debt is paid, my sin is forgiven. Yeah, a number of people. Others would say, yeah, that's me, that's me. Second, I want to pray for those of us who we realize maybe we, we feel like we've been saying the right things. Maybe we feel like we got all the beliefs correct. Maybe in some of our activity has been great but we realize today that we've been lacking love. And today, before we can actually express it accurately, we need to experience it accurately. Today across this room, if you're here and you'd say, you know what, Tyler, I, I need a fresh encounter with the love of God in my life. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment, say, yeah, that's me, that's me. And I've been lacking in it, I've been lacking in it, yeah. Father, I thank you that you are good. And your goodness was put on display through what Jesus did for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus, you called us as your followers to love as you loved. Lord, I pray that we would understand in a fresh way, we cannot do that without your grace. We can't do that without your spirit abiding in us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we stop and we consider over these next number of weeks, what does the world actually need? And, and our response is, God, the world needs your love. 
but the way that the world sees your love, it's through your body, your people, your church. God, would you help us? We know the starting point is we, we need to receive that love. So I pray for hearts that are calling out, saying, God, I want a fresh encounter with your love. Holy Spirit, would you fill these hearts with an overflowing love right now? I thank you for the love that is agape love. It's, it's self-sacrificing, it's others-oriented. May that type of love meet us where we are at today. But God, we don't just want to receive it. We want to be filled with it so that we can extend it to the world around us. So help us to do that. Today, maybe you raise your hand saying that you desire to put your trust in Jesus. I'm going to invite all of Life Center to pray this prayer as we come alongside of those who are making that decision for a fresh start with God today. Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today?